Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. Just by way of reference, this is episode 327 and you may hear something today that might be a great help to your marriage or to a marriage that you know of, a friend, a family member, a member of your parish that's going through some tough times, and I'll be sharing some recommendations that could help immensely discovering what is the source of those problems in order to see your way out. Now, we're in the middle of a series entitled Common Christian Problems, and right at the list of, as far as surveys of problems Christians have, marriage problems seem to come right up to the top as one of the top, top concerns. Now, in our last episode, I tried to be really on the positive side. We looked at just marriage possibilities through a book I recommended for surprisingly very happy marriages and things they do, and that's good. But today we want to look at solutions for those who don't have a really happy marriage but want one. And a number of marriages seem to have problems that seem very difficult to shake. In other words, you you know, as a Christian, you shouldn't be doing this or that in your marriage, but yet it just seems to repeat and perhaps intensify on the negative side. And as I shared previously, all of us have a past that affects our present. And marriage has a, a very unique way of bringing the inside of us to the outside. Now, if you're in a marriage and your background includes a serious psychological wound or some kind of trauma or parental divorce, an abandonment, uh, alcoholism, well, these things can erupt in a marriage and you're wondering where they're coming from because perhaps they're buried so deep, you lived with them so long, you think, well, I, this is under control. This could be causing a marriage problem. And yet, a lot of folks don't realize that marriage has this really unique ability to bring the inside of us to the outside. And a lot of times in marriage problems, we're seeing those effects, but we don't know the cause. And today I wanna to talk about how to get to the root of those things that are causing persistent problems that seem to be very hard to shake. To begin with, I'd like to read a just a couple of paragraphs from a book I wrote called The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband. And there's a companion volume, you can guess the title of that, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Wife. But here's how it goes. This is the B chapter. It's called The Trigger Effect. I've been told this brief chapter is worth the price of the book, so here it goes. You were shocked a few months after the honeymoon or after the birth of your first child when he seemed to change dramatically for the worse. Now he doesn't even seem to be the man you married. What happened? I call it The Trigger Effect. Many people have unresolved childhood conflicts lying dormant inside them. Living together before marriage often allows these conflicts to remain hidden, 
but the events of marriage or the birth of a child have the potential to trigger their reappearance unexpectedly. The result can be monumental personal and marital difficulties. Now, one of the things that you want to consider if you're having persistent and serious marriage problems or your friends are. And remember, if you're listening to this, say, well, that's not my situation. Well, I can guarantee you, you know someone in this situation, and you want to be a healer, uh, just like Jesus was, to extend help for those who need it. Uh, In a previous broadcast, we mentioned the ACE series of questions. There are 10 questions that try to discover if there's a source in your childhood or growing up that could give rise to serious problems as an adult. For instance, question number six in the ACE question says, was a biological parent ever lost to you through divorce, abandonment, or other reason? Uh, Question seven, Were you often pushed, grabbed, or slapped, or had something thrown at you? Did you live with someone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or used drugs? Um, And it describes various forms of abuse. But these are 10 questions, and they found that if you can answer yes to four of the 10 questions, you would double your risk of heart disease, for instance. Now, that's talking about your physical heart, but also your heart in marriage. That's the heart of your marriage, obviously. Uh, it can dramatically increase the probability of divorce. Your uh, likelihood of becoming an alcoholic is 700% greater if you can answer four out of those 10 questions. And by the way, If you want those 10 ACE questions, you can just Google it or ask us for a copy, and that email address is askthehost at gmail.com. And if you remember episode 327, it'll really help us find what you're looking for. In any case, how do you find what these things are? It is possible you don't realize how something from your past is affecting your present relationships. And in order to do that, there are some excellent instruments. Uh, Some people call them tests. They're really not tests in a sense. It's not a pass-fail, but it's like a diagnostic test. And in those same books that I mentioned, the ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband and the ABCs of Choosing a Good Wife, Chapter 12 is entitled, Love is Blind, but Premarital Inventories Aid Sight Recovery. And I mention in the book three good instruments called Prepare, the second, Focus, F-O-C-C-U-S, and that's the one used predominantly in Catholic pre-canon programs. Another one entitled Relate, and I'm going to tell you about a fourth one that actually I was trained in in seminary that's uh, been totally uh, revamped, improved, modernized, computerized, and a brand new website for it coming up as I speak. But let me just talk to you about these things. 
uh, they have an 80 to 82% reliability in predicting whether or not your marriage, and this is if you're taking it in a premarital situation, will have a high versus low quality relationship. Now, I have said several times, and nothing has really changed as far as I know, a little discouraging here, but that these instruments are usually given right in the middle of a pre-cana program. Now, if you're trying to really discern whether or not you should even marry someone or the serious questions, are there some potential areas that could give rise to serious problems in your marriage, you know, you can talk about these things, but they're probably quickly forgotten because in the middle of a pre-cana program, the big concerns are who's going to be the photographer, who are we going to get to make the cake, where are we going to have the reception, and all these type of questions versus the big questions about a successful marriage. And at that time, just my experience, uh, people take this, they discuss this, yep, 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 this is important, and then it's forgotten. So really, I would like to advocate today, just think of this, okay? You take one of these tests, these instruments, during the midst of a pre-cana program. Let's explode that concept to limit it to that point. That's fine to take it then, but let's explode that concept to say, how about let's take it when we're seriously thinking about getting engaged, but before we, or right after we're engaged, but before we even announce it to others, okay? So explode it in one direction to earlier, but then also after we're married. These instruments are absolutely superb for helping marriages after you're already married. They're not just premarital instruments. So you can take prepare or focus or relate. And again, I described these in chapter 12 of my book. I left one out and it was the one I was trained in. And honestly, it's my favorite. And I don't know why I did that, but it's been so modernized that I'd like to tell you about it today because I've gone back to using it in the contemporary form. It's called the TJT. A, okay? It's the Taylor-Johnson Temperament Analysis. And back in the day when I was taking a course in seminary on premarital counseling, it was scheduled at night so our wives could come in. This is a Protestant seminary because you had to score this, which was a fairly complicated thing, by hand, and then you had to graph it by hand. And it was, it was a pretty significant task. And then the husband, the pastor, would have to analyze this thing. Well, now you take this, and you can take it from anywhere. You take it online, and it can take 45 minutes. You take it twice. You take it both on yourself and your husband, if you're a wife, or reverse that. And you take it twice so that when it's done, it's graphed. So you graph yourself and then your other, okay, your spouse or your fiance takes it on you. So you see how well you really know each other and differences between self-perception and your spouse's perception. And then the whole thing is graphed out. Now, 
Now the results come back in, I don't know, I guess five minutes uh, to the counselor and for an individual, just one person taking this, uh, I can get as much as 50 pages of reports back. You think, oh my goodness, you know, if you're a deacon or a priest or a marriage person within your parish, you know, I don't want to go through that, but really, it would take me, I'd say, about an hour to an hour and a half to analyze all the results. Because remember, if it's a couple, uh, and I can have up to 50 pages for an individual, there can be a lot of analysis going on. But the couple spends an hour, hour and a half taking this instrument twice. Okay, I can take an hour and a half going through it. And I can know that couple better than I would if I sat down and talked with them an hour a week for six or nine months. See how this just puts something in the fast forward. And sometimes after six months, this won't even be fleshed out. It has a remarkable, and I'm not a real big fan of a lot of this stuff, but I have used this and have seen, not only have I given it to couples, but I've seen over time how what was revealed through the Taylor-Johnson Temperament Analysis, the TJTA, happens. You see it fleshed out in a marriage. So what are the benefits of it? Well, it identifies problems that are very hard for the person to articulate, maybe even be self-conscious of. And so it, it illumines them because the most distinctive result of the Taylor-Johnson temperament analysis, it's graphed out for you in a page. And so there's like nine personality traits as it relates to a relationship. And it's shaded in dark areas where if you're in that dark area, that particular trait, one out of nine, then you're strong in that area. If you're say, in a lighter gray, well, you're still great shape, but if it moves to the light gray or white area, it means you're much weaker in that area than um, what would indicate for a strong, healthy relationship. Doesn't mean the end of the world. It means that's the area where you work on improvement. Then you get done with that. There are patterns of traits. So there might be three traits that you put together, like three areas are very common, uh, either a weakness or a strength that go together. You want to recognize your strengths and you want to know what's causing you problems. And this is what comes out in the Taylor Johnson. Now, I'm just going to tell you point blank, there are exceptions. And sometimes these exceptions are extraordinary. In other words, do couples realize they're heading for problems and some couple couples know before they get married they're going to be divorced and that's a whole story in itself but research has shown that and kind of hard to relate to for me personally but many couples if not most are unprepared for marital problems and conflicts and then when they occur and they reach a serious level they kind of freeze they went, they, then they go on in their marriage until those problems become acute, and then they turn to a counselor, okay? Now, at that point, I would suggest the Taylor-Johnson, 
Okay, I would suggest before that point, the Taylor-Johnson, when problems begin to emerge, why not discover what is going on? And you can, it just saves so much time getting to the inside of you. And this isn't something that determines this is who you are versus who you think you are, because one of the questions I, I would ask, does this reflect the state of you, uh, how how you feel about yourself. Does this reflect the state of your marriage and how you feel about your marriage? And usually it has a very good probability of being an accurate picture. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but it was probably a few years ago. I just, I don't know what came over me because I basically said I'm so frustrated that these type of healthy instruments, you know, chapter in a book written about this, two books, uh, are only used at a time when probably the least amount of attention will be paid to them, namely during the middle of an engagement, that they needed to be early in a relationship and they needed to be used in a marriage. So I just said, I'll take on all comers. Now, how in the world am I going to do that? I don't know what I was thinking because I was ready to take on the Catholic world who is interested in the Taylor-Johnson temperament analysis. And, you know, it's easily an hour, hour and a half just to get this in my mind, what's going on reflected in taking these tests. And remember, once it's crisscrossed, we're talking about two individuals and two perceptions of each individual. So it really takes a little bit of mental effort to get this in your head, and then you need to meet either in person or over the internet, Zoom or something. And, you know, I I honestly bit off far more than I can uh, handle. I'm recognizing that. And so my My urging today would be, if you're a priest and you have a concern uh, for uh, couples in your parish, uh, a volunteer in your parish, and by the way, this is the same for deacons or anybody who might form a a little committee within the parish to help help couples, one person can take training uh, in the Taylor-Johnson temperament analysis, and it's simply the T-J-T-A, and you can find out about it. Just go to tjta.com, and it'll tell you about it. Um, I just uh, was given free access to six hours of training in the Taylor Johnson temperament analysis to get intro training or kind of brush up on the latest findings and how it all relates to marriage counseling and such. So in any case, somebody could administer that organize all that, get the results back, and then say a deacon that's meeting with a couple that's having trouble can go over this with them, having been trained in the Taylor-Johnson. It takes time, but I really need to kind of uh, spread out the, um, the responsibility here. I can remember when I was speaking at a Catholic conference in Raleigh, North Carolina, a woman came up to me and saw all the things for family life on our book table and just chewed me out. She started saying, do you know that Focus on the Family, James Dobson's organization he launched in Colorado Springs, do you realize that they have an entire counseling department? Do you realize that they have a whole staff of people ready to help somebody in need, and they've been trained in 
you know, helping people and this, this, and this, and that kind of situation. She was going on all the things, and she had a, I believe, a young adult child who basically had problems, didn't have a source of help, and she says, why aren't you doing that? And she says, now, before you answer, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> she, she didn't let me respond. She says, I know why, because Catholics don't give money to things like that like Protestants do. And there really needs to be some funds, some effort, and some willingness to do this because there's a a huge need here. This is perhaps the top need as far as Christian problems. And, you know, um, you really want a discerning, uh, well-formed Catholic who knows his or her faith to help these people and then who has been trained and even if they go to a counselor for marriage help, well, then at least they can know some of the areas where they need to work on and get help working on those, or even a focus of prayer or a focus for spiritual direction. We need others to share this. Now, there's another use, so to speak, of the Taylor Johnson, and it's a solution to one of the greatest problems for marriages in the world this moment in history. And it's this. It's the problem of cohabitation, which has skyrocketed about 900% over the past half century. I got a letter from a grandmother of 20 grandkids, and she said every single one cohabited before marriage. This is a Catholic grandmother. And even worse, a 2016 Gallup survey said 68% of Catholics view premarital sex as morally acceptable. Yikes. I don't know if you realize that your success probability in marriage goes up with cohabiting partners. And a lot of times cohabiting partners do not last very long. So what are you going to do about this? You have the majority of young couples engaging in premarital sex and cohabitation, and this is impacting the success of a future marriage. So how would something like chapter 12 of those ABC books on preparing for marriage that I wrote, uh, mentioning the prepare, good, good instrument, or focus, another good one, or relate, or the one that basically I'm full circling back to the Taylor Johnson Temperament Analysis, TJTA. How could that help? Well, Barna, the research organization, conducted a nationwide survey following that Gallup survey in 2016, asking those who think cohabitation is a good idea exactly why they cohabit. And parents and grandparents and those listening to me and priests and deacons and marriage workers, listen carefully. There were three main reasons given for cohabitation. 5% said cheap rent, you know, two are cheaper than one in renting an apartment or condo or whatever. So 5% rent. 9% said it was for convenience 84% says it was to test compatibility. And what they're doing is giving their relationship a road test for compatibility 
before marriage. And that road test was cohabitation combined with sharing an apartment and saying, oh, we're compatible because we decided we like cats better than dogs as pets or something, and we're going to live happily ever after. And you're just running right over these deep-seated things that could be exploding in a marriage that I talked about at the beginning of this broadcast. And, you know, in a certain sense, you can't cast stones towards young people who have grown up in a divorce-prone world and want to have compatibility, some way of discerning it. And the avenue that they're turning to is not a good avenue, cohabitation. What they need is one of these instruments. They have an 80% plus probability of showing whether or not you're going to have a, a, a successful relationship and the areas where you're going to have problems, rather than waiting three to five years into your marriage where they have exploded, why not anticipate and work on those and help each other as a couple and maybe get some outside help or read a book if there's a particular area where you know you have a weakness. This is the positive way to do it. And this is where, again, if you simply limit the premarital inventories to the middle of a pre-cana program, well, then the cohabitation has probably already begun. And it's not going to do any good in preventing that. So both for marriages, no matter if you've been married three years or 23 years, or if you've known each other for 13 months and are thinking of getting engaged, these instruments are for you. And we need far more. (laughs) I'm calling uncle. I can't do it all. But these are the, the trainings available. It's affordable. It's it saves so much time because a lot of people, even with counseling, don't find out what's driving these things. And these instruments have a great way of bringing the inside out. And in the Taylor Johnson temperament analysis, you get to actually see it. And, and when you see it, you can understand it. And perhaps even you know, a little understanding on your spouse's part can help them help you. And you're on the road to solutions for marriage problems. And the solution isn't divorce. The solution is finding the cause of problems and solving it. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 327 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.